The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, Jesus came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If I wanted to proclaim the good news and show how Jesus is the Son of God, I don't think I would choose a story about a time that Jesus' power was diminished or curtailed. That's exactly what Mark does here. Jesus returned to his hometown of Nazareth, and while at first the people were amazed by his teaching, their wonder quickly turned to offense and ridicule. And then Mark says that Jesus was amazed too. Only he was amazed by their lack of belief, their unbelief and their lack of faith. Mark goes on to say that in that place, Jesus couldn't do many good deeds of power or any miracles. There in Nazareth, the people rejected Jesus and the work of God in him. It wasn't their first rejection of him, and it won't be the last. The final rejection, of course, will happen at Golgotha, where he will be crucified and die the story of the cross, just like our first story today, shows God's power at work in God's weakness. Part of faith is believing God is at work, even when, or perhaps especially when, we cannot see evidence of it. 
In this story, we see that even with the power of God in him, Jesus experienced helplessness. Situations and people, Jesus had to surrender to God. Jesus' experience in Nazareth also shows his followers that not everyone will hear the good news, the gospel as good news. There are going to be people who don't want to hear the good news that God loves you, that God wants good for you, that God forgives your sin and offers you new life in Christ. There are going to be people who care more about where you're from and who your daddy was than anything else you have to say. And there are going to be people who cannot see Jesus or God's abundant grace and power in the world in your witness. In his encounter with his hometown crowd, Jesus shows his disciples how to respond when the good news is not heard as good news. He doesn't curse the Nazarenes, threaten them, or shame them. He walks away, just as he will go on to tell his disciples, if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave. But as important as their response is, Jesus also instructs them on how to go into the villages and the towns. Mark says he sends them two by two, and he tells them to be dependent on the hospitality of others. The Lord's Prayer that we hear in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount doesn't appear in Mark's Gospel, but Jesus' instruction here is similar. Take only what you need. In the Lord's Prayer, we ask God for our daily bread, enough to sustain us for this day. And we trust that God will provide all our needs. In the small catechism, Luther expands daily bread to include everything. Everything included in the necessities and nourishment for our bodies, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, farm, fields, livestock, money, property, an upright spouse, upright children, upright members of the household, upright and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, decency, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. We are dependent upon each other, and we are called to rely on God to depend on God's grace and sufficiency and trust the future to God. Where Jesus' experience in his hometown had been disappointing and confrontational, the disciples go out together from the villages preaching and driving out demons and anointing and healing people who were sick. Accompanied by Jesus, we too are sent out out of our sanctuary and into the world, called to meet our neighbors and bear witness in our community to God's healing, love, and forgiveness. And we are asked to be expectant about what God can accomplish through us and trust that God's grace will be active in what we do together. 
Lutheran pastor Delmer Chilton tells the story of being with the congregation council at the church where he served as a vicar or an intern pastor. They were talking about the budget and he and a newly elected council member, let's call him Henry, were there too. Henry was an alcoholic, but he put together some sobriety and he was working AA and he had been worshiping at the church for a while at that point. And during the council meeting, Delmer was given the chance to tell the leaders about some of the ideas for ministry that he had. And they were kind, but they said that their congregation was too small for any of those big ideas. Before they ended the meeting, they asked Henry to pray. And Henry said no. And when they asked him why not, he said to them, well, in AA I've learned one must depend on the higher power. And to pray is to ask the higher power for help. And it's evident this here church ain't gonna do anything it can't do by itself. So why should we pray? We don't want God's help. And the leaders heard Henry and thought for a minute and they turned back to Delmar and said, Preacher, which of these ideas is the most important? And he told them and they decided they'd try one new thing. Sometimes God is calling us to do more than our resources say we can or asking us to do something that is beyond our own imagination or ideas. And at that moment, we need to say yes and let God send us. Trusting God is with us. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, Thank you for your son, Jesus, who experienced all the disappointment and all the joy of human life. Forgive us when we forget to ask you for everything we need for life. Help us depend on you in all circumstances and ask you for help, trusting in your grace and believing that you will be present in the work you send us to do in the world. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.